Garrett. And I'm Daniel. And this is Modern Gaze. Today, we have Melvin, legendary drag performance icon Bathsheba here. Known for her high fashion looks and captivating performances, you may have seen her live across Australia, headlining many LGBTQIA music festivals, art museum openings, and at her packed weekly residencies at the Pride of Our Footscray, Puff Duff, and Osborne Sundays, just to name a few. Welcome to Modern Gaze. Thank you for having me. How, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you two doing? Oh, fresh. Have our coffee. Already did our berries workout. Yes. We're ready. Like seeing you there. I mean, I saw you last week and I was like dripping wet and you're like sitting there fresh. <laughs> and I'm like, please do not <laughs> well, look at me. Well, you didn't know where I'd been prior, so oh. maybe I wasn't that fresh. <laughs> well, where did so you go, we'll darling? No, that's spill. part of the show, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so... Maybe we should just do like a quick fire challenge. Mm-hmm. We're just going to ask you some really quick questions and feel free to here. elaborate or like just mm-hmm. be short, whatever you want. All right. So have you ever been asked out on a date as a drag queen? Yes. And did you show up? I didn't go. It was also on Instagram and the person didn't look quite right. Okay. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. okay. <laughs> What's your star sign? Sagittarius. Huh. Who is your favorite designer? Ooh, Iris Van Herpen. Favorite artist at the moment that is on repeat? <sighs> Björk. Mm. If you could do anything else in the world, what would it be? Ooh. Ooh. Porn. Mm. Oh! Only fans? No, like Sean Cody, like studio. Sean Cody. Studio yeah. only, mm. yeah. High quality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good lighting. Mm. Have you ever had a crush on another drag queen? No. Oh. Mm. Why do you sound surprised? Um, <laughs> I don't know, just because I feel like... Oh, wait, yes, I do, but I don't want to name names. Fair. They live in Sydney. Okay. Yeah. This um, is a This is a serious question. Okay. Can you walk that fucking duck? No. Okay. Quack, quack. Come <laughs> on. Who would your Snatch Game character be on RuPaul's Drag Race? Betty Davis. Uh-huh. Margaret Pomeranz. Uh-huh. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, but someone's done that. Not well. Not well. If they haven't oh, done a well, don't do it again. Or Belle Gibson. Oh, you remember like the, Belle Gibson? She was that fraud, like the whole pantry thing. She lied about having a terminal <gasps> illness and she cured it with lentils. Yes. She couldn't answer any questions straight. Like, how old are you, Belle? She's like, I was raised to believe that I'm currently about 24. <laughs> I feel like RuPaul would come up to you and be like, um, maybe another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at three before that. Fair. So, yeah. Fair. Okay, so last, last question. One. This is Fuck, Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Bjork. Mm, yeah. Lil Nas X. Uh, Mary Bjork. Uh-huh. Fuck Lil Nas X. Yes. And I guess kill Freddie Mercury because he's already there. Okay, fair. Okay. Yeah. All right, so that's the combination <laughs> of our... Quick fire challenge. So let's just jump right into it. I mean, your name, where does it come from? Like, mm-hmm. what's the story? So it comes from a couple of places. One mm. is the Bible. Okay. Yeah. She's a, a figure in the Old Testament. But the primary source is the witch from The Conjuring. Uh-huh. So Bathsheba Sherman was a real person. She was a witch who was executed in the Salem witch trials and wow. she killed children. Something about that just resonates with me. The so, Republicans yeah. will love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just like the, the phonics of it, how it sounds. It sounds like a little bit of like a rock person, like Marilyn Manson or mm. that kind of thing. So I don't know. I stuck with that. Yeah. I love it. I had some alternatives I decided not to have, but I okay. always get some up for grabs. 
if you want some. I've got some new ones. All right. We actually were going to ask you, Daniel's a dancer. Mm. Yeah. Um, If he can find a wig, it's a good show. Just Mm -hmm. for for a minute, hot minute. Well, I have a wig and I actually have a drag name that my mother has given me. Okay. What was that? Her name is Paris. But needs work. It's just that's it. Her name is Paris. Just Paris. We just have Paris for now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of inspired by my mom because my mom is just like glamorous, over the, over top. the top, you know, European woman. So like I put the wig on, I put my mom's like glasses on, the designer glasses and the Louis Vuitton bag. And I'm just like, yes, this is Paris. There is an iconic drag queen in Melbourne called Paris already. There is. Yeah. Taken. She's older, right? Yeah. I yeah. think she was the very first drag queen. I've danced with Paris at the Greyhound back in the day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was in those performances. I miss those days. I Paris, have to say. like Millie Minogue. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you've been doing drag longer than me. Yeah, I, was a, I was a part of the evolution of drag <laughs> in my underwear in the back corner in the Greyhound. Then you could bring it back. I know. I'm looking for backup dancers always. Let's do it. But do you have a drag name? Maybe I can <sighs> christen you. Please. All right, I've got Princess Slayer. Okay. okay. Amy Adams Apple. Okay. I don't think I have my, my Adam's apple isn't prominent enough, unfortunately. Wow. Adam Raquel Falch. Ooh, Falch. Yeah. Julianne Hoare. Oh, Ooh, I like that one. one. I know you love films. So. I do like that one. Yeah. I like, see, I think I would probably want to be that kind of like classic starlet Hollywood right. glamour yeah. vibe. That okay. would be my, my look, mm. I think. Yeah. Those are good names. There you go. Up for grabs. Can we sell them? <laughs> No, like well, you can names? buy them from me. And buy if them you for you. To sell them on, and that's fine. That's capitalism. That's you know? amazing. <laughs> that's the kind of drag queen I am. Well, one of the things I read about Bathsheba, the biblical character, some king or some guy was obsessed with her and like lusted after her. Like, is a part of your your personality to be lusted after? Is it supposed to be sensual and sexual? I think so. I think it's a dichotomy between being sexy and scary. I think somewhere mm. in the middle is um, Bathsheba. Yeah, I think you do a really good job at that because like... Thank you. I feel like the sexy is kind of like in your costumes and in like your makeup and in like your aesthetic. And then like the scariness can like sometimes be in like the the drama of your performance, you know, like the intensity. One of the reasons I chose Bathsheba Sherman as a reference is because me as a drag queen is somewhat of a villain, but a misunderstood villain. Mm. So I think that's the point of something like Maleficent, where if you like peel off the layers... You see the real person. Or Wicked as well. Right. It's like a spin on it. Like there's no such thing as a villain. It's all your point of view of it. Mm. Drag is a huge part of our lives. We're not, you know, performing in drag, but we really idolize and look up Mm. to you and people like you and doing what you're doing within the art form. Well, I think with drag, the audience is just as integral as the performers Mm. as well. Like we don't exist without the support and we don't exist without the crowd. Mm. So I would consider you both a part of the community. For sure. Thank you. Yes. We know what your shows are like and we've been to them and we've actually had you at our Bucks as well. Yes. We did. Which was a lot of fun. It was. It was a very fun day. day. It was like such a great experience. Like so many of our friends had the most incredible time, but you were also supposed to be supported by a few other... <laughs> yeah, queens who shall not be named. Right. Who shall not be named? But you carried it, and you carried it like you were as as if you were three or four performers in yeah. one. And it was like so impressive to see. Like, what is a show? Like, what can you expect when you come to see a Bathsheba show and performance? 
I like to think that I go over the top mm. and extra and give them a little bit of oomph. Because um, I think drag in every way is quite exaggerated. Mm. So we've got to overcompensate for the fact that we're not singing. Mm. Like, as try as I hard, I'm not Ariana Grande. Do you sing while you're lip syncing? Sometimes sounds will come out okay. involuntarily and I'll hear myself. <laughs> Why don't you give us, a, like, give us a taste of what these sounds sound like? Oh, God. Come so on. let's say the song is like Into You. Like, I'm coming into you. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yes! It's horrible. It's horrible. That means the speakers aren't loud enough. No, we love that. It, it happened not long ago. I was uh, at an outdoor event and the speakers were way too low and I could hear my, I could hear my heels clacking Clunking. on the stage mm. and I could hear my own sort of whispering. It was very unnerving. Well, I think they say like as you're lip syncing, it's best to sing the lyrics, right? Because it looks more authentic and it looks more genuine. There was one time... Um, when I was living with my ex-partner, I had headphones in mm-hmm. and I was practicing a lip sync. And then he came into the other room. He's like, what was that unnerving sound? Oh, no. So it would have been like, <laughs> Maybe that's, your con- that's the scary conjuring witchy part, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you were- there was a Ouija board. Maybe you were like literally like Bathsheba in another life. Yeah, like, I mean, not no, maybe. You have lots of intense performances and you have a lot of variety and complexity and like in in some of the characters you choose to bring to the stage how do you choose those looks and how does that affect the performance you're going to do i think the way that i approach everything is quite intuitive i don't think about it too much and often it makes sense after the fact i was mentioning before we started recording about once a year I'll refresh and that's purely for my own boredom Mm. and I think just to give the audience something new as well so it's like a snake shedding its skin Mm. once a year and I don't think about it too much it's just whatever I'm influenced by whatever I'm like reading or whatever I'm watching or whatever music I'm listening to and it just presents itself and Mm -hmm. then it's just very obvious and very abrupt and yeah I think I'm in that phase right now yeah. I'm um, moving into a new aesthetic. I feel like your aesthetics are like constantly evolving and just like getting more over the top. Like, especially since you were at our box in like that stunning, I think it was like a pink bodysuit. Pink oh, bodysuit. Yeah, yeah. Flourish, custom mm-hmm. And you said that was a new suit as well, right? So I think I got that like the day before. Yeah, I remember because yeah. I think we were organizing and you're like, I'm on my way to a fitting. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we can't wait to see this look. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like you're constantly like evolving in like, getting more and more you know i think you have to be and Mm. um to reference your own podcast Mm -hmm. your era's um podcast Mm. yeah i think it's integral part of growth as an artist regardless whether it's drag or if you're a painter or a singer um but i do consider it like usually female pop stars will have an era Mm -hmm. and they'll have like a reinvention and it's just a way to sort of reconvey who you are and as long as the thread is still you and it feels organic then i Mm. think it's um it's a good thing yeah Mm. that's definitely true speaking of eras what is your current era well the era that's sort of like ending and going into the new one do you want a spoiler yes all right so i think the era of like the lee bowery high fashion thing is sort of moving into more of like a glamorama angelina jolie super Mm. villain sort of thing i'm thinking a lot of blacks a lot of reds a lot of rhinestones we saw you this past weekend at the osborne Mm -hmm. you had this really glamazon high slit cut Look that was very Hollywood glamour, mm. you know, and especially the 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 way that you had your hair styled. Is that kind of a little bit of a teaser into that movement? Yeah, I think that's a teaser. Mm. And I just thought of your drag name, Rita Horworth. Ooh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes I love that. That is good. There you go. 
Wow. I can already see the curls <laughs> in my yes. hair. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. borrow that wig. There you go. <laughs> Girl. And he says, I'm going to be in drag first. I think we've got a... Yeah. I think wow. we've got a problem. You know, you snooze, you lose. Mm. You've been talking about it, but... Too long. Right under your nose. It's happening. I sat on it for too long, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> what was your very first experience like in drag? Talk to us about that. So I was probably like two okay. when I started drag. But when I started sort of performing as Bathsheba was at DT's, which for those listening is a pub in Richmond. And I think all the elements were there, but it was just super unpolished. This oh. would have been like seven years ago. Wow. And I made this headpiece out of some sticks and I was going for a sort of Hedy Lamar thing mm. and the, the track started and I couldn't get through the door. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so it was horrible. I was like, can someone help? I'm stuck. Yeah. And it was to Euphoria by Lorene. That's a great song. And I remember having this out-of-body experience and I faced the back of the wall and I was like trembling. So like oh, everything no. had gone wrong. And yeah, that was the very first um, Bath Shaper performance. If you had to kind of look at your very early performances, like, do you feel like you exponentially got better? Or do you think it took time? Well, I studied performing arts at uni and I've always been a performer, mm. but I think it's performing in drag is a very unique style of performance because it incorporates like dance it incorporates mm. like lip sync and you got to have a little bit as yes. well. It can't just be that. At least I like to have a little bit of a twist in the uh-huh. performance where it's sort of a little bit more burlesque in a way. Yes. So I think that just develops over time mm. and you read a room well. I think the fatal flaw of any baby queen is that they're so stuck to an idea. Mm. Like, this is my vision. I'm going to do this and it's going to be whatever. Right. And they'll turn up and it'll flop because mm. they haven't read the room very well. Right. I mean, we've been to a couple of baby drag performances and yeah, I think you can see them so nervous when they're like, not like you said, they're not looking at the room or they're not reading the room because I think the nerves sometimes get the better of them, you know? I think it's that. And I think they go in with the intention of whatever they want to communicate thematically mm. and they don't realize that we're already on their side. So that would be my advice is to just sort of be more authentic <laughs> in what you want to do. Yeah. That's fair. That's great mm-hmm. advice. The growth in your career and performing in so many venues and so many festivals now, do you feel like your stage is getting more interesting? How do you look at your space you're taking up as a performer? Yeah, I think as the projects get more sexy and exciting, Mm. that really changes how the performance works out. Mm. I have a really fond memory of Pitch Festival this year where I had the privilege of wearing an outfit by Jack Irving Mm -hmm. and it's the inflatable stuff and he's worked with Lady Gaga and Doja Cat and so I was really privileged to be able to wear that. And to be in that space, which I wouldn't ordinarily be in as a drag performer, Mm. like a trance festival in that outfit uh in doing that you're communicating to people and performing in front of an audience that may not know drag mm-hmm. and if that's their experience of it seeing it on that level in that amazing outfit mm-hmm. and that's a good sort of acquaintance to to the medium for people like that for so sure. yeah the performances across pitch and from something in front of you know hundreds and thousands of people to a tightly packed crowded club. What's like the most memorable experience that you've had that always kind of stayed with you? Seeing someone being fisted in the front row. Get out. No. So I'm going to assume this wasn't at Pitch Festival. <laughs> no. I mean, you never know. This was at uh, Homoerotica, oh which is a satellite night, so they do it occasionally. And I was doing Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. And, yeah, there was, like, fisting going on right in the front row, and I was very distracted. <laughs> Were they laying down? Someone was on all fours. 
Okay. So this, obviously this was not part of the performance. No, no. Were no. you distracted by the performance? Yes, immensely. And I kind of like referred to it in the performance. Like it's camp. It were was, you that was turned on? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like I couldn't even imagine seeing a fisting situation. Yeah, I, I'd never seen it in real life. Whatever you know. floats your boat. Yeah, and that boat was being held up by something. It was levitating, yeah. that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, it was anchored. Yeah. Girl. Maybe that's not the worst thing that's ever happened. But something that's like not the tea, like something that you were not cool with. Did you ever show up to a gig and be like, no, this is not happening? I think anyone sort of intruding on the space is uh-huh. annoying. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen it happen in a long time. Okay, but gosh. yeah, that's the number one no-no. And I always wonder what they think. How do they think that's going to work out for them? I don't know. At, at I that really point, don't a few know. of the cocktails made that decision for them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is still People no excuse. No, but they're not yeah. thinking. Yeah, they're not thinking. Have you ever felt disrespected in drag? No, not really. Okay, good. Yeah, everyone's been super respectful, particularly now. It's like I think people have a reverence around, like, costumes and stuff, and Mm. people understand what drag is a lot more now. Mm. So, no, I think everyone's been pretty fine to me. Like, I've heard horror stories from other people have been, like, groped and what have you, but I've been very fortunate to to not have that. I have a lot of friends that I grew up with that are drag queens in Los Angeles, and... They have also moved to other parts of the country either after COVID and they started building up their community from their hometowns. And they've also faced just a different reaction to like what people would expect from like West Hollywood or Mm -hmm. New York. Do you feel like there are any kind of communities here in Australia or do you think anything like what's happening there could potentially happen here? And is is that on your radar at all? For Mm. sure. I think the right wing in Australia usually parrots whatever is happening in the States mm. anyway. I have a friend that's been trolled, my good friend Sam T, yeah. because she was booked to do a, a drag story time and she's had a, a terrible backlash. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a thing. Even mm. you see the protests. Um, there were anti-trans a few mm. weeks ago on mm. Parliament steps. So yeah. I think the tone has changed a little bit and it's so abrupt. I remember after World Pride, I felt pretty invincible. And we're in the month of April now. This is in the month of March. There's been quite an abrupt tonal shift. Mm. Um, But it seems to be centred around drag story time here in Australia, which is quite odd. I watched a video that Trixie Mattel sort of went into this. Love Trixie Mattel. Yes, same. And she said that drag is so diverse and not every drag performer is for anyone and Mm. that's with anything yeah so i don't think i would be an appropriate choice for drag story time Mm -hmm. and that's just my this is not my brand so i think there's a misunderstanding from that segment of society about what drag is and Mm. i think they don't know the difference between what trans and what drag is and i don't think it's specific to them either like we went to the supermarket now and surveyed like 50 people Mm. i feel like they might not know either but that's fine but they're not out to antagonize or or stop anyone or say vile things or spread myths Mm. and all that and it's quite wild to me also the the glaring fact is that most drag queens don't really like children Mm. (laughs) so i'm not sure where this myth comes from but also they're targeting the wrong people with mm. um sam as an example she was booked to do that event so mm. if they have any query you can sort of defer that back to the organizers and it, was their booked, event. it was sold out it yeah. was like really well celebrated a lot of people who booked are still really excited also, like, like she said if you don't want to come don't come yeah like just don't Why come and support the event with the exposing themselves to drag if they don't like it right it's just wild it's just to fear, me i think 
Yeah. And it's an interesting thing because I think that obviously people are most fearful about what they don't know about. Yeah. And in some weird way, there's this connection or interest that where they are kind of intrigued. Like they kind of, they want to know a little bit more. A lot of people don't know how to manage their own internal struggles with their own identity. Yeah. But I think that. hate running quite a close course. Interesting. Maybe if we talked about that a little bit more, it would help some of these people either come to terms with who they are or come to find some kind of acceptance and love for themselves. Mm. Yeah. I guess it's that stereotype about how the most homophobic people really have that sort Mm -hmm. of curiosity going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or is that just us wanting to soften it? Maybe like not admitting there are people who are just genuinely disgusting and hateful. There are definitely people who are disgusting and hateful. Yeah. Mm. Well, on the other side of that and like on the spectrum of support and even kind of talking about getting started in the industry mm. and supporting baby drag events, how supportive mm. do you think drag queens are to one another here in Melbourne? Melbourne is definitely less dramatic than Sydney. I think we're generally pretty supportive of new talent. And it's like with anything, if you've got a good attitude mm. and if you've got a fresh point of view, I think people are relatively open to, mm. to give you a spot. Okay. Um, I'm very interested in new talent. I'm mm. very encouraging and fostering of that. Um, I think the older queens, like maybe in generations prior where it was a lot you know, the clubs were fewer, the opportunities yeah. were less. Maybe they were a little bit more protective of the gigs that they had. But I think generally people are, are pretty open to, to new talent. Like I'm always very interested in yeah. what's going on. And it keeps you like innovating and like establishing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. For where you're going in your career, what are the things that you really want to kind of f- focus in on more? The last year I've really thoroughly enjoyed being involved with NGV. I would love to put my big toe into the arts world as well and see Mm. where the gray area between the club and the art scene is. I was lucky enough to go to the NGV Gala, which Mm -hmm. was very fun. It was the Alexander McQueen opening, so that was pretty amazing. Mm. They had great performances there. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, so that was the, the third time I was in Vogue. So just yeah. Casually, uh, but you know. yeah, that kind of stuff is, is pretty exciting as well. Wow. And I think drag is being taken quite seriously now and it's mm. being seen as a sophisticated art form where it does have space in those those places as For well. Sure. It's not just mm. the DTs or shouting about $5 fireball shots, which right. I love too. Correct. But that's just, drag is crass, I yeah. think. Um, but so is a lot of other art forms yeah. and I think it's I think it's purposeful and exactly. would love to. To, to work more in that space. Mm. If you look at the 60s and 70s and like the Andy Warhols, like these powerhouses in art were surrounded by all these really iconic personalities and people and performers. It, people just resonated so much and it was such mm. an exciting time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of coming back in a way. Um, especially like around art. Yeah, I think that's a good point, particularly with um, Warhol, because the drag queens that people like the most have a very individual personality Mm. and that's what they resonate with. It's very clear. I like a drag queen, you can sort of do a caricature of them and you know who it is. Mm. It's the same with pop stars as well. If you went to a Halloween party dressed as Rita Ora, you have to be explaining who you are all night. Correct. So I think... Poor Rita. Poor Rita. You knew exactly what I meant there. Compared to Britney Spears where you'd be in red latex and you have like yeah, the yeah, microphone like people know like what hair. that is yeah. you know if you go as Lady Gaga people know what that is Correct. you know I think it's the same with drag and I think it makes it more personal I think in in, in doing that you really do connect mm. more with the crowd as well when we watch a lot of queens they like to talk about how there's like 
multiple coming out stories. Like you come out as gay, then you come out as a drag queen, and then you're coming out on social media. What has your coming out story been? What has your experience been? Well, like I said earlier, I sort of started dressing up when Mm. I was like two. So I don't think it was a surprise to anyone. Okay. So I don't really remember any kind of emphatic, this is me Mm. sort of moment. It's because it's always been that way. So I haven't really had that experience or or narrative. It's always been sort of like organic for me. That's nice. What a boring answer. No, but it's it's a truthful answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll make up something. No. It's good because it's like so many people's experiences are so different and it's actually something that is a really beautiful thing where people just want to be able to exist Mm. and be their truthful, authentic selves and not feel like they have to explain it to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this is why I find any sort of pushback quite jarring because I feel like I've always been quite supported and everything's just felt very natural. I'm very like surprised Mm. when when people have weird opinions about that. So that's why we sort of like project onto them being, oh, they must be secretly attracted to a dragon. Oh, they must secretly be gay. Because it's a harder pill to swallow to think, no, they're just like shitty cunts. Let's go back to that first question about were you ever asked out on a date in drag and you said yes and didn't show up. Spilled tea. No, I, I elaborated. I said that it was on Instagram That's right. and the person didn't look quite right. Okay. So I decided not to. There's a term known in the drag world called a loon. Uh, there are people who are just sort of have a, a, a fetish, oh. shall we say, for drag queens. Right. An older drag queen in Melbourne who I think is quite iconic, Daytona, mm-hmm. she was telling me a story about how some drag queens used to stand outside the peel oh. and play this game called Corners. And if you got picked up, you won corners. Oh. And one drag queen was picked up and she wasn't seen for three days. Oh, <laughs> no. And she got back, I don't want to talk about it. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Bring that back. That could be quite fun. Corners at the pill? Corners, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think even inside the pill is corners. I think the pill is just corners. <laughs> corner yeah, yeah, yeah. Corner of the, the room. Yeah. yeah. That's cornered. Your persona as Josh and Bathsheba being another part of your personality or another persona that you have, how do you navigate the two Mm, i think it's fairly easy now i think when you start drag you've got a real idea of a delineation like oh this is bathsheba here and this is josh here and then Mm. it eventually just sort of merges and the gray Mm. area is a lot wider now Mm. um so i'll ask you this yes so i feel that i'm the exact same in or out of drag i think my voice is the same i think i behave the same but people say that i don't and i Mm. think it might be how they're perceiving me so i'll ask you Hmm. am i any different in or out of drag definitely not i don't think so yeah um i would say that you maybe have a perception of being more um powerful because you're towering over us when you're wearing heels and you have the height with the wig and i think there is this kind of persona that you have where people might be slightly more intimidated and Mm. maybe that's why they feel a bit different Right. Because it's like, oh, wow, like you're in a bit of awe. There's like all the glamour. There's the makeup and the hair and the look. And it's really. Mm. Especially if they know you out of drag. Right. I think for us, we didn't really see you much out of drag until today. And we're at Barry's. Right. So I feel like our first couple experiences was seeing you as, you know, Bathsheba. So I don't know. I feel like you're just the same down to earth, Mm. lovely person. Thank you. Well, this is kind of Trump what I was just about to say. Like, so I feel like the transformation is quite Drastic. Mm-hmm. People don't know what I look like. You're like this butch queen. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
before? Have you what do they call it on um, RuPaul? The, you're the trade of the season. Uh, at World of Wonder. At World of Wonder. They need a storyline, I'm sure. So what season of Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race will you be on? Well, not this one. Uh, <laughs> next. Yeah. Damn it, I thought we had the scoop. We did have a good question, actually, that came through. When we asked the Q&A yesterday. Actually. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. curious. And one was, if you were to compete against any queen on RuPaul's Drag Race in a lip sync for your life, who would it be? Well, I would want someone, like, really bad. Like, so I would win. Okay. Right. So, Charlie Hyde's. Okay. Ah. But I can't answer that for Melbourne, can I? But I'll answer who I would not want to verse in yes. a lip sync, which is Max Drag Queen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What kind of projects do you have coming up? What's coming up for So I do Wednesdays bingo at Moondog in mm-hmm. Abbotsford. Saturdays I'm either at Puff Duff or Pride of Our Footscray. Mm-hmm. And on Sundays I'm always at the Osborne. Amazing. Yes. I'm looking That's forward true. to going to more NGV things. Yes. Looking forward to doing more festivals. There was yes. a lot of fun. I love going on little tours. Actually, I'm going on a little tour in a few weeks. I'm going to Sydney for Pop Chops. Amazing. So that should be fun. We love Pop Chops. Pop Chops yes. is awesome. Love Andy. He actually... Also DJ'd our bucks. DJ'd our bucks. Thanks yeah. to you. I still remember you at our bucks going up to those topless waiters and smacking their hard asses. Did I? Yes. That was so oh, no. funny. Did During, I... I think it was when you were doing Break Free, Ariana Grande. Oh, I was a little too broken free. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> you got broke free after that performance, let me oh, tell no. you. <laughs> I just remember one of them was like really dumb, but like stunning. Yeah, he was like eating almonds. The one with the tattoos, the one I thought was hotter. Um, I said like, oh, do you want a drink? He was like, oh, I can't. If I drink one more time, I'm going to go to jail. Jail? Like, okay. Yeah, he didn't explain anything beyond that. But oh, We all better run out of that room then. What was, <laughs> how did he get booked? Oh, God. No yeah. background check. You have supported a lot of young performers. What kind of advice would you give to, you know, a baby drag? I think it's like with anything, I think it takes courage to look inwards and find something uncomfortable and then put that forward. And Mm. I feel like everyone has that within us. Mm. And I would just advise people to just be authentic to what they like and be quite literal. Like, this is the thing that I like. This is what I'm doing. Mm. And not try to copy any other drag queen as well. Because there are a lot of sheeps in the drag community. And I think the best way to do it is we're all just a combination of references and unique Interests, And I think if you're just very literal to what you like, mm. then I think um, people respond to that. And I think people can sense that you're having fun. If you're having fun, the audience is having That's fun. Great that would be my simple advice. Who would you say is an up and coming rising star drag queen in Melbourne? I really like Eliza a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's been around a couple of years now, but I would say her star is definitely ascending. She's the one I did a cosplay of last week at the Osborne. Yeah, the, we the met Nebrace. her at the Osborne. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was so lovely. Yeah, she's definitely one of my favourites, for sure. There was a groundswell, really, of new talent after the 2021 lockdown. There was uh-huh. a lot of, I really like Xena Ghost. They're really good. It's not hard to find good drag in Melbourne. Melbourne to Sydney? What yeah. do you think? What's the difference? They don't like fashion. They like big hair. Oh, yeah. okay. And they're all awful. Yeah. I know they're like into each other. Like the drama oh. is just like. <laughs> There's way more drama you were saying. I feel like in Melbourne, just people, we don't suffer fools. Mm. Where in Sydney, it's a lot more like LA. You can kind of get away with mm. things you can't get away with here. Where people like just reading each other more or they're a bit more aggressive with one another? I think they're more aggressive, yeah. Mm. Like, get the fuck out of my way. Well, bitch. you watch season three. That's oh. all I'm going to say. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tongue pop. 